Welcome to the Hope Collective Message Podcast, where we find a confident expectation of a better tomorrow in the character and promises of God. To learn more about who we are, visit thehopeco.com. Here's today's message. But great to be with you today. Moms, dads, you know that when you come into this, uh, this house that we have an amazing, incredible team with Hope Co. Kids downstairs that cares for our kids, that disciples them, but, but, but also like prepares their hearts and their whole lives to pursue Jesus. And so there's also this mode that because they're, they're in such good hands downstairs that you can just kind of turn off your brains when you come up here, right? You get an hour and a half of a little bit of a break when you get to come up and, and uh, you know, be a part of our service and just kind of be around adults for an hour and a half and all that kind of stuff, right? But we thought it would be kind of fun to take a little bit of a live look down into what your kids do on a week-to-week basis. And so I've actually got our kids pastor, uh, Kate, downstairs. Uh, Kate, you with us? Hey, can we Hello. all give Kate a hand? Hey, Hi, hey. everybody. How are you doing down there? We are doing great. Welcome to Hope Co. Kids. Were so glad too, that you were, could be were here. Were we too loud? A little bit, but little you know, if you stomp really loud out there, we will hear you. All right. you got, These guys are right below us. <laughs> yep. You hear you. That? You got that? All right. Thank you so much. There's some proof that this is live. This is live, right? And because yeah. this is live, we, we've decided to bring in some kids, some of your kids. We didn't bring them into a studio and script out the questions that we were going to ask them and give it to them in advance, we decided let's get some really raw responses of what your kids would say about you. And I'd like to remind you that because this is live and not scripted, it may not be meaningful. It may not be, it may not be funny. It may not be heartfelt. It may not be appropriate. But what you need to remember is that if anything is said in the next five minutes or so that, you know, makes you shake your head. They're your kids, okay? Your own fault, people. That's right. That's right. That's what I've been telling them, Kate. Uh, you've been telling them that for years, haven't you? This is right? all I'm saying. Yes, okay. Well, Kate, why don't you, uh, why don't you uh, let, uh, let us hear from some of our younger generation uh, on behalf of mothers today. All right. Well, we thought we would grab some random children just off the street for a little <laughs> interview here. So I'm going to ask my friend to come on up here. Hello. Nice to meet you. I've never seen you before in my life, have I? I'm just kidding. What's your name? Mia. Mia, is your mom the best mom in the whole world? Yes. And what does your mom like to eat? Salad. Because she's healthy, unlike myself. <laughs> so, that's awesome, Mia. Come here, sir. <laughs> I'm excited about this one, Kate. I'm going to be honest with yeah, you. We, yeah, we've, we've yeah. had a chat beforehand. Uh, okay. I'm just going to let you know. <laughs> I'm just saying, I value my job. <laughs> okay. What's your name, sir? Paxton. And Paxton, is your mom the best mom in the whole world? Yeah. And this is the question he asked. What's your mom's favorite drink? Starbucks. She loves to drink every day. <laughs> she does. It could have gone so many other ways than that. Starbucks <laughs> was great. Awesome. You want to say anything to your mom? Um, I love her. Good. Awesome. Awesome. Come on up here. We've got two people here that are doing this in tandem here. What's your name, sir? Marcus. And what's your name, ma'am? Yeah. And is your mom the best mom in the entire world? Yes. And if you could say anything to your mom, what would you say? We love her. Aw. I love her. Oh, that's so nice. Thanks, guys. Come up here. What's your name, ma'am? Malone. And Malone, is your mom the best mom in the entire world? Yes. And what do you think your mom does all day? Mm, 
trying to clean our, uh, trying to do our laundry and do all of our clothes and trying to clean the house. For it's a hard job, isn't it? Very good. Was there something you want to say to your mom? I love her to the moon and back. Oh, to the moon and back. I don't know if you heard that. Awesome. Okay. This is another one we're a little nervous about. <laughs> Sir, what's your name? Brody. This is Brody. And is your mom the best mom in the entire world? Yeah. Can you say that a little louder, please? Yes. She is. And if you could say anything to your mom, what would it be? I love you. Oh. That is her kid, by the way. That is. I don't just yeah. kiss everybody. Yes. For those visiting with us. <laughs> All right. Come on up. We've got, we've got a couple more here. Um, may I have your name, please? Ariana. Ariana. And may I have your name? Ariana. And if you could say that your mom, what, like, what does she like to eat? What's her favorite food? Salads. Salads, you people. What is that? Salads, you think? Yeah? Your mom just is a really good eater, huh? I was hoping for mac and cheese and chicken nuggets, but that hasn't been happening yet. All right, awesome job, you guys. Come on up here, Candace. Okay. Can I have your name, please, ma'am? Candace. And Candace, is your mom the best mom in the whole world? Uh-huh. And what would you like to say to your mom today? That I love her to the moon and back. Love her to the moon and back. That's so nice. Okay, we have one more. Come here, Miss Natalie. I already gave him your name. This is Natalie, and Natalie, is your mom the best mom in the entire world? Yes. And what's the funniest thing your mom does? Um, she sometimes said, said that she thinks that our dad loves her. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, there you go. Oh, I do have one more. Mr. Dan, come here. This is my friend Daniel. Can you say hi? Hi. And Daniel, is your mom the best mom ever? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And what do you want to say to your mom? She's the best mom in the whole world, baby. She's the best mom in the whole world, baby. Just so you know. Awesome, Daniel. Okay. Can you tell us your name, sir? My name is William Guzdala. William Guzdala. Now, let me ask you a very important question. Is your mom the best mom in the world? Yes. Okay. So, tell me something. What, what makes her the best mom in the world? I mean, she's fun. She likes to do a lot of stuff with us. We set up a jump rope on our tree, and then she'll jump rope with us. Awesome, awesome. Great job, William. Thank you so much. Way to go, Liz. Way to go. Come on up, my friends. And may I ask you, what's your name? Sayla Varghese. Sayla Varghese. Is your mom the best mom in the world? Yes. What do you think her favorite food is? I think her favorite food is, like, she likes eating a lot of biryani, and like some fish. Nice, very healthy, unlike myself. Excellent. Do you want to say Happy Mother's Day to Mom? Happy Mother's Day, Mom. Happy Mother's Day, Mom. Okay. Come on. And what's your name, ma'am? Viola Hathaway. So, Viola, is your mom the best mom in the world? Yes. What do you think she does all day? Um, work on the computer. Work on the computer. That's better than napping, which is what my child would say. So, excellent. Do you want to tell your mom you love her? I love you, Mama. <laughs> we have just a couple more. Can you tell me your name, sir? My name is Harry Beatty. Harry, is your mom the best mom in the world? Yes. Yes. What's your favorite thing about your mom? She takes care of us, and she loves us very much. Oh, that's so nice. Good job, Mom. Good job. And, ma'am, what's your name? My name is Kate. Excellent name. Is your mom the... Is your mom your favorite mom in the world? Is she the best mom in the whole world? Yes. And what's the, what do you want to tell your mom? 
Well, I really like while she takes care of me, she plays with me, she feeds me, and she also plays with me. Awesome. Great job. Way to feed them. Well done. Hey, we made it through, Kate. Yeah, oh, we have yeah, one more. We have one more. Can you tell me your name? Gunner. This is Gunner. And Gunner, is your mom the best mom in the world? Yes. And what do you think, what, what, what's the best thing about her? She lets us do lots of stuff. Okay, good, good. We'll be following up with that at a later date. <laughs> but awesome. Well, I've got many more that I'm sure we will record at a later date, but we want to say thanks for coming to Hope Co. Kids, and we hope you have a great Mother's Day. Yeah, and these, guys, these parents are doing a pretty great job of them. No inappropriate comments, none of that. Not, not too bad, no. Your son's giving you an evil eye from behind you right I'm now. I'm sure though. he is. Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure he was a fan of that whole bit. There's so much love, yeah, you know. <laughs> Thank you, Kate. Can we all give Kate Bye, and guys. a hand? Happy Mother's Day. Man, well, why don't we do this? Why don't we all stand up to our feet? If you see a mom around her, give her a hug. She deserves it. Let's say hello to some people and welcome them to the Hope Collective this morning. Good morning, Hope Co. How are we doing? Happy Mother's Day, moms. Again, I know we've said it all day long, but we're going to keep saying it because we're just excited that you're here with us. You know what? I actually thought it would be fun to check back in with our kids' ministry. I loved it so much getting to hear from our kids. Why don't we check back with them, see what they're up to? Oh, oh. Kate, is everything okay? Oh, Jim, do you need us to send some reinforcements? Pins, it's okay. Everything's okay. We have the best. Kate, Kate's went missing. Kate, do we, are you there? Is everything okay? Okay, we'll set, nope, I think you guys have it. Guess what? Kate! We love you, Kate. No worries, parents. They are in some of the best hands. We have some amazing leaders. We love Miss Kate and our team, and we're so thankful for them, so thankful that we get a little break in our day so we can just be together, which is so fun. Well, we love Mother's Day. We love getting to make things pretty and make the moms feel special. But we also want to just acknowledge something in the room, that this day comes around and this day is actually really hard for a lot of people and it comes with a lot of weight and sadness. And I talked to so many people this week where this came up. And so much emotion came from behind this. And so we just want you to know that we love you. And we want to acknowledge that. And I actually want to pray for you this morning. Can we do that? God, we thank you for this day. And we thank you for the moms. And we also just want to acknowledge those in the room, God, that see this day as difficult and painful. God, your word says you are close to the brokenhearted, and we thank you, God, for that. We thank you that we could cling to your word and your promises, and you are a source of strength um, when we are weak. And so, God, we thank you for that. We thank you for this day and this message. I just pray that you would use it to just encourage the hearts in the room. We just ask this in your name. Amen. Well, I'm going to invite you to stand this morning as we are going to read our scripture. We're going to be in Hebrews 12, 1 to 2. Therefore, since we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off 
everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. Amen. God's word. You can be seated. Well, I love this scripture for a lot of reasons. I'm sure we, a lot of us have grown up hearing this scripture, but I love scripture, scripture verses where it tells you what to do and how to do it. Don't you? It's like so fun. Okay, it gives you the list of like what to do, but we know like life happens and it's actually not that easy to run this race that is marked out for us. And I got to thinking about our own race that God has marked out for us. And again, we read this scripture, we know it, and yet life happens. Our circumstances, busyness, or maybe our season, a life that we're in, we're not even running the race that God has marked out for us. And maybe we've just given up. Maybe we've lost our way or we're feeling completely just stuck. Ever been there before? Anybody? Oh. So my question this morning is, what is keeping us from the race that God has marked out for us? What is it? I'd love you to just be praying and processing through as we go through this, but I think it's probably different for a lot of us, right? And for Dave and I, being pastors, we get this awesome opportunity to be able to sit with so many people and hear so many different stories. And over the past years, though, we would have to say things have become heightened with people being discouraged, overwhelmed with the storms of life, living in loneliness, consumed with fear and anxiety, in a dark place, living in in a confused state with just a sense of feeling lost and feeling like they just want to give up. And I think we could look at our world and we could see all of the chaos and the confusion and how the enemy is working so hard to keep us from this race that God has for all of us. And I believe this morning that God wants to reveal some of the hindrances in our own lives, some of the things that are distracting us from the direction that God has for the path that he has for our lives. And I believe that God wants to show you that you're not alone this morning, that he's with you. I think the, loud, the lies are sometimes so loud that we're alone, but he wants to remind you that he has a path for you. So if you're taking notes, thank you for the encouragement. I love it. I know Dave talks back and forth to the room. I don't know if I do that. I probably get distracted. Like, where am I at my notes? Oh my goodness. So bear with me. So if you're taking notes, three points this morning. Go back, throw off, and run your race. So the first part of our scripture, go back. The first part, it talks about, therefore, since we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. This is taking us back to Hebrews 11, where it's our faith chapter. It's talking about all the, the men and women of great faith who have lived it out, and it it literally is uncomfortable. Like you, you read scripture all throughout and I don't see anything comfortable about what they had to do. One thing I want to point out about them is that God didn't use um, perfect people that had it all together. He used, right? I mean, he used ordinary people to do extraordinary things, which is amazing. And I love that 
we can go to them and see and find encouragement that like, oh, he was a screw up, so he can use me too. <laughs> so we need to start, there's feedback. Is this bothering anybody? Are we good? Okay, just me. Okay, we need to start by going back to uncover the things that maybe are hidden or the things that are hindering um, our, our relationship with the Lord, our path that God has for us. And we need to identify the lies that are leading our life, that we are living from, because sometimes that is so easy for that to happen. But again, this takes um, getting uncomfortable. And you know, comfort, it keeps us from the call that God has for us. It does. In comfort, it distracts us from the direction that God wants to lead our life. It does. It tries to take us out. And I've personally been on this journey of, of going back. And we as a church, we've been talking about your story and, and you hear about Wellsprings and Freedom Academy, all these different things. And I feel like our pastor, he has went first with all of this and, you know, I love that you have went first because for me, I've really struggled with all this because I'm the type of person that likes to just stuff and busy myself, medicate with busyness so I don't have to like deal with anything that I've walked through. I'm just going to box it up and then, you know, place it on the shelf, deal with that later. And so I've just been so encouraged through Dave stepping out to you know, do the work and understanding in my own life that I've had so much, so many things where the enemy has so tried to silence me. And what has happened years ago, I started having panic attacks when I was age 10. And there's emotion under it. I, this, is, this is the part where I, I shared with Dave yesterday, we were talking about um, the message and what to share. And I just said, this, this piece right here, I feel like I could just be surface with you guys and just brush over like, you know, going back and the work, or I could actually show you inside really what was going on. And so I just want to be vulnerable with you. Um, the panic uh, that I've had has all been around the enemy trying to silence my voice, to shut me down from a very young age. And um, Going back, I was able to identify the hold that the enemy has had on my life and, and move forward to using my voice and stepping into freedom and using that. But he wanted to keep, the enemy wanted to keep me comfortable, quiet. You know, I'm, I, and if you've ever dealt with panic, or anything like that, you know the inward is like torment. Like even a panic attack, if you've ever had a panic attack in the room, it literally, you feel like you're gonna die. So the enemy so wanted me to stay hidden, hidden behind hospitality, the things I'm comfortable with that I love, and not step out into the call that he placed on my life. And what happened was the very first time I was called into ministry, so I battled through all these things, but when I was called into ministry and stepping in, my very first sermon, which was like 28 years ago, what do you think happened? Panic attack. And in that moment, that was where the enemy used that to silence me, to say, nope, you better not do that ever again. This is what's going to happen. Like literally would cause inward like around my voice. I couldn't even, in ministry, everything's about using your voice, leading leaders, all of that. 
and the enemy has worked so hard to try to keep me from that. And so I'm standing here as a miracle today that it has not been easy to walk this. I'm not saying that it's been perfect, like I'm going to get up. I just want you to know that just because sometimes we stand up here, we are not living these lives that like we got it all together. There are battles that we face just like you. So I just want you to know that it is a miracle again. It is the power of the Holy Spirit and his people. And going back to be able to identify literally the lies that were so loud and the things and bringing Jesus into it and just finding freedom in that. And again, for those in the room that might deal with uh, panic or anxiety, it's not like, and you know this, you, you, you have moments where you're okay, but then you, it's just this battle, but that doesn't mean you give up. It's just something you could identify where the enemy's attack is and bring people in and speaking truth back in. So I share that because, man, that was, that was what was holding my race of the call that God had for my life. It was so easier to do the behind the scenes things and stay comfortable, but it's uncomfortable when you step into what God may be, be asking you to do. It's, it's, not, it's not a comfortable thing, and it is possible. And I would say we could only ignore, suppress, medicate, numb out before it all comes to a head. We know this. I think of the analogy that I heard in Freedom Academy where it's two balloons and you hold them, you're holding them underwater, and what happens? They just keep coming back to the surface, it keeps popping out, and that's exactly what happens with our past stuff. When we don't invite God, the whole, his Holy Spirit, into those places, it's gonna continue to spill out into our lives, onto other people, our families, it's just gonna spill on out. So this morning, what does God want to reveal that he wants to heal? What does God want to reveal so that he can heal? I would encourage you, before we go on to my next point, is in that is we all have unhealed places. We do. Um, and I would just ask you to take time with God and pray. Where does the enemy, where has he so tried to get in and invite the Holy Spirit into that place. So in order for us to continue on doing what this passage says, we have to throw off. So this part in the scripture says, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. So I want to point out two words here, hinders and entangles. Let's look at the definitions um, to these. Hinders, to, to hinder means to make something slow, difficult or impossible by putting obstacles in the way. It, it can also mean to hold back or prevent. Entangles means twisted together or caught in a confusing mass, complicated circumstances from which it's difficult to escape. And these two things together make running impossible. You see Satan, he is so subtle with what he does. With, with the hindrances, we, we often try to justify making agreements with the enemy, like this is just how it is. This is, this is just my life. This is, and, and then there's things that maybe have happened to us that have been spoken 
to us. And there lies unforgiveness, bitterness, hurt, pain. I mean, the list goes on. So I want to remind us of this illustration that is awesome that Dave used for Easter. And it's the chain. This goes perfectly with the message here. If you could remember, on Easter, Dave was saying that Satan doesn't come and just give you a chain and say, here you go, I'm going dis- to give you a lifelong addiction, I'm going to destroy your marriage, you're going to do this, and then here, you want it? He doesn't do that, right? He doesn't, we're not that stupid. He doesn't just come and lay it all out. It's subtle, right? It's subtle. So he doesn't give us a chain. Pastor Dave said he gives us a choice, right? Do you remember this? He gives us a choice. And then what happens is we start building the chain all the way around us. And that is exactly what he's doing for the path. You see, he just takes these hindrances and wraps them around and continues to keep wrapping them and the weights just keep coming and keep adding. And then we just feel like we cannot even move. We are so entangled. We have all these hindrances and we have just feel like we can't breathe or we can't move on. And that's exactly where Satan wants you. He wants us to quit. Stay like this. Stay stay small. Stay silent. No one's with you. No one cares about you. No one even sees you. Doesn't he do that? Right? All bound up. Hindrances. Entanglements. Link by link. But I love this next part of scripture what it tells all of us. It says, throw it off. Throw it off. But what happens, yeah, throw it off. It's not that easy, right? Because what do we do? We start picking it back up. Oh, I, I'm, I'm so uncomfortable. I can't, I'm just giving it, throw it off. No, we just keep, we keep carrying these weights around and it keeps us. It keeps us, but... We ask how. How do we do this? And I have a few things that I want to share, but I have to say this isn't a to-do list of check off or whatever. It's so much more than that. It's so much more than that. I believe it starts by going inside. Because I think we could come in on Sunday mornings and check a box and go out. It goes inside. Only you and God know what the battle is inside. So it takes going inside to identify, gosh, this thing, this sin, this distraction, this hindrance is going to take me out if I don't do something about it. So we go inside to allow the Holy Spirit to shine a light on whatever it is. We allow the Holy Spirit in to come in to break the chains, not hold on to any of this anymore, but break them and be done. And like I said, it takes getting uncomfortable and breaking free of any hindrance or any sin. If you've ever been addicted to any, it's not like it's just like God comes in and does miraculous thing. I don't want to discount that. He does. However, there are things that are buried that we're not dealing with that we haven't brought, that we haven't allowed the Holy Spirit in. 
So those are the things I'm talking about getting uncomfortable. And it takes others to help you do this. And I think, again, the enemy wants to keep you in your, he, he just wants to keep you in your head. He just wants to bombard you with all these lies and all these things and beat you down and weigh you with all of these chains. And that's why others is important, but it's the right voices. There are so many voices could, who could be the wrong voices in your life that actually will tear you down and do more damage. So it's inviting those people in your life who, who are there. I think of Vicki Rowe right here. Stand up. Stand up. Stand up. Stand up. This woman right here has been on the floor with me, on my knees, praying when I have been in deep distress, struggling. She comes before every event, knowing the weight of everything, praying on behalf. She is standing in the gap for others, doing this, and that is beautiful. Thank you for that example. Thank you. Thank you for your faithfulness every week, walking the property, walking around this church, praying for the needs online, strangers. I am so thankful for you, Vicki. Thank you. But it's inviting others in. I have an amazing community that I meet on, on Thursdays. Angie Mooney's a part of that. And these women literally, I mean, even leading up to this, are like holding me up, praying for me, reaching out. Just this, this sense of support that you gain having the, the, the church around you in community, and the enemy wants to keep you from that. So this is for everybody. Everybody needs to invite people into their lives. And that's what scripture says all throughout scripture. God says, he puts people along to help each other keep on believing. And it's accountability. And we talk about this as one of our uh, DNAs here. Uh, accountability, not to the bad, because we think of accountability like shame and judgment. No, it's accountability to the good things that are left undone, the good things that God has. And it's bringing others to say, hey, this is wrong, calling you into what God has. Turn away from that and go towards what God has. It takes surrendering our lives fully. And this one's a hard one. Because it's, if you're like me, just, I want to control my schedule. I want to just control the way everything's going to turn out. But when you surrender everything to him, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. And I have for so long held on to so much. And that hinders my path. So when we do all these things, there's so much other things. And I don't want to, this is not about building a list of to-do things. Or I, it, it, Hear me, it's not that. But when we do this, we begin to heal. We begin to change the way we respond to our coworkers, people around, our spouses, our kids. We are different because of all of this. And when we have healing in the places where the enemy has had such a hold on our lives, we begin to have peace again. So beautiful. Not only peace, but joy. Do you have joy? Have you lost your joy? What, is, what has caused you to, lose, to lose your joy? 
And most of all, when we begin to do this, we begin to love again like no other. We love like Jesus. And our eyes are open to so much. We have a, when we have this kind of healing in our life, our eyes are open to those around and not just stuck in our own stuff, in our own hindrances, in our own sin. But it's about others and Jesus. The last point is run your race that God has marked out for you. So when I think of a race, I think of get ready, get set, go. Those three things. Anybody else? You think of a race? Okay, any marathon runners in the room? Whether it be half or full? Any marathon runners? Okay, yes. Okay, so Howard, when you are preparing for a race, but that's okay, my, my half marathon was like seven years ago. So it's okay, but still, you ran a marathon. That's a really big deal. I just want to say, it's a really... So running a marathon, you know, there is training involved for this. You don't just wake up one day and you're like, I think I'm going to run a race, run a marathon and head out the door. And actually, somebody came up to me in my last, uh, after my last uh, sermon, and he said, just so you know, the first marathon runner didn't train and he passed away. Isn't that terrible? It is terrible. I, but I just had to point that out to you. I know that's the, and we're all laughing at the death. Sorry, God. Sorry, I digress. But no, so the point is, my point is with that, it's because he didn't train is what I'm saying. And this is an, an illustration of our Christian race, you guys, okay? But just like running a race, we have to, it's not a one day, it's not a one day thing. And we say here at the Hope Collective, what? Every day over one day. We say that over and over because we mean it. It's not coming, it's not just coming here, checking a box and worship Jesus and then leave the door and live a whole different lifestyle. No, it's every day over one day. Every day over one day. So we get ready. We get ready by abiding in him. And Jesus being at the center of all that we do, inviting him into our everyday life. And again, I, I don't want to come up with all these to-dos, but this is so important to know God's word and hide it in your heart. When you know God's word, it says, Psalms 119, 105, that his word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. He lights up our path. How do we know how to live this Christian life if we don't even know the word of God? It is the roadmap. It is the very source of strength. It is the very thing that's going to get you through, to carry you through on the race that's before you. Know his word. Whatever that looks like for you, if it's the Bible app, if it's getting in groups, whatever that looks like, can I just challenge you to get in God's word and watch how it transforms your life. And it continues to transform your life. I mean, I've, I've read, you know, you read scripture and all of a sudden it's like, whoa, I never saw it that way. It's beautiful how God, you read it and you just never arrive. Like you read it and there's so much life that is in it. It will give you life back. So we get ready by abiding in him. We get set by fixing our eyes on Jesus. And when we're looking at the world for answers, when we're looking at all the wrong places, we are going to waver. We are going to waver. And when we're fixing our eyes on the storms of this life, 
we will feel like we're drowning. We will feel like we're giving up. And this reminded me of the story of Peter in the Bible. Him and the disciples are in a boat and a storm comes and we know the waves and things are crazy out there. And they are terrified as I would be because I'm scared of drowning. So they are terrified and Jesus is walking and they think he's a ghost. And in that moment, Peter is like, Lord, if that's really you, tell me to come. And we know Jesus says, come. And then what happens? He has his eyes fixed on Jesus. The waves, the storm is just roaring and he shifts his focus to the storm. And we know what happens. His doubt about took him out. He started sinking. He started, I mean, it, he took his eyes off of Jesus. What I want to point out to you in this story is important because when Jesus told Peter to come, he didn't calm the storm. He didn't calm it. He didn't make it go away. And oftentimes we think peace is found when the waves are calm, when the waves of life are just calm. But Jesus never promises us this smooth road. He doesn't. Instead, he promises to always be with us. Is that not good news? That he's always with us. And peace is found in the presence of Jesus, even in the middle of a storm. And Peter walking on water teaches us that in the middle of storms, we can have peace if we keep our eyes fixed on Jesus. We need to stop fixing our eyes on other things. When we're not fixed on Jesus, temptation gets the best of us. We get overwhelmed with life. We forget who's in control. Fix your eyes on Jesus. So we get ready by abiding in him. We get set by fixing our eyes on Jesus. And we go and keep on the path no matter what, because we know the goal is Jesus. We get Jesus and he doesn't change. He offers life to all of us. The things of this world will fade away, but Jesus won't ever. So we get Jesus. And so I want to encourage you to continue on this path, to keep on going no matter what. And let us look back to the men and women of faith who have done this before us, who have literally walked in faith and done it, and God has provided for them. So keep running this race, you guys. Don't give up. Keep throwing the hindrances down. Keep on doing that. And I don't want you to be discouraged where you're like, gosh, I'm still, I'm still here. God can give you the strength with his power, the Holy Spirit to break every chain. He can, he can do it today for you. He can and will, but you have to want it. You have to surrender it. Invite him in to those places and spaces. And I cannot tell you enough to remember that you're not alone in this. Get in community. We say it all the time. Women in the room, we, we, we say this to you. You're in community. Men, I'm talking to you as well in the room. That you need community just like the women. You need to know that you're not alone in what you carry the day-to-day -day weight of your jobs and different things. Surround yourself with community. 
The enemy wants to keep you guys silent and by yourself and feeling like you have to carry the weight of life by yourself, but you don't. We all don't. So we would encourage you to invite others along on the journey, but again, it's the right people, the right people. Jesus says, I want to remind us in John 14, 6, that I am the way, the truth, and life. Would you stand with me? Heavenly Father, we are so thankful that we could come to you with our hindrances in our lives and the sin that gets us so tangled up. And yet you are there. You are there to take it all. So God, I pray for my sisters and brothers in the room that are carrying the weights of this life and the hindrances, that you would give them the strength by your power and your Holy Spirit to break those chains and throw them off. God, help us to know your word so we know how to live this life. Help us to surround ourselves with the voices that will help build our faith up. God, for the people in the room that this morning, they are just feeling like they want to give up. Would you remind them that you are with them? That even though the storm might be swirling all around, that you are there to offer peace, strength in the midst of all that's going on. God, help us all to know that the race that you have marked out for you and I is is always available. Help us to walk in your ways. Help us on the path that you have laid out for us, even in the discouragement, even in the distress, all the things, God, may we cling to you. May you be the center of our lives, not just an added thing, but the center of our lives so that we could run this race with our eyes fixed on you. Fix our eyes, Jesus, not on the things of this world, but you and all that you have to offer today. May we not wait. May we do this today. It's in your name we pray, amen. Best message ever. <laughs> How many feel challenged? There's some things that God wants to do so we can run this race better. As we go today, on this Mother's Day, we just want to honor the moms. Whether you're a mom biologically, you're a stepmom, you're a foster mom, you're an adopted mom, you're a mentor of young ladies, whatever it is that brings to you that title. We want to honor you today. And, and may your identity not be found in the title, but who you are in Jesus so that you can be the mom Jesus has called you to be. And for those of us who are struggling today, because this is a reminder of what's missing or lost or intention, we're thinking of you too. But moms, would you let us sing this one more time over you, that this would be true of you today, that you would be blessed and know his peace. Let's sing this over our moms.
Happy Mother's Day. Enjoy your day. Enjoy family. Enjoy each other. Thanks for being here. And may we go after the things that God wants to show. Reveal so we can heal. Have a great week. Thanks for spending time with the Hope Collective. If you appreciated this message, we hope you'll subscribe to the podcast or share it with a friend. You can also leave a rating or review, which will help other listeners find us online. Thanks again for joining us.